And the problem with us is that we are, um, we wait till the storm is there to prepare ourselves. You understand? Whew. We wait for the storm to come to then look for answers, pray, mm -hmm. seek God. But when it comes to uh, that situation where Jesus is in the boat, there's a storm. Jesus is trying to teach him faith because Jesus is in the boat. It's not time to go crazy. It's time to rest. It's actually in the storm that you rest before the storm you prepare. Now I wish I was taking notes. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the, the fourth episode of the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens, and I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries, and we have a very special guest in the building today. Not only, not only are we no longer in my basement on Zoom, which is a nice change of pace. <laughs> it's, it's nice bright lights in here. For sure. It's nice. We run out the red carpet for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I have I no serve it, but I appreciate it. I don't know who's paying for this, in all honesty. Um, <laughs> I'd like to thank New Life Church for giving me this free space today. <laughs> Our special guest is Jose Rivera Sr. Welcome to the podcast today, sir. Thank you. I am honored, and it's, it's such a blessing to be here with you. All right. So thank you for joining us today. I know you just got back from vacation driving for, for eight hours with the family. Yes, with my wife. There you go. Yes, we had a great time. There you go. How how was the trip? It was good. It was uh, something we had planned, and uh, we actually were going to cancel it because uh, apparently it was supposed to rain. But we just we took the trip and we prayed and listen, no rain. It was amazing. <laughs> we we did we did too much. Right now, I need a vacation from this vacation. That's you know I know that's cliche, but that's the fact. I will make sure I don't stress you out too much while doing this podcast right now. So I'll make sure I don't I don't put too much pressure on you here today so I, I appreciate that again thank you for taking the the time to to be on and just and just getting ready to share everything you're going to share with us uh with us today so i wanted to ask how you've been pastoring now for how many years um I, i'm gonna say I, 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 pastoring 23 around 23 24 years yeah that, that was my pastoral assignment okay yeah and were you always a part of of the church? Like, did you grow up in church? Give us a little bit about your your history and and your background. Um, well, my parents took me to church when I was five. Um, I remember vividly. It was in Puerto Rico. Um, my parents and my mom they were going through some really rough times, and um, my father just out of the blue he just decided, you know, let's just go to church to church and. We used to live in this small little town in Puerto Rico, and I remember it because they couldn't find one of my shoes, so I actually had one shoe and a sandal. I didn't, and they, you know, different, you know. Um, and they took us to church, and since I was five, my father received the Lord as his Savior, and since I was five, I've been, uh, I've been serving the Lord. I've been in church for for all that time so you grew up in puerto rico well actually i was i i was born in chicago okay and i was raised in puerto rico but my father used to go back and forth because uh, depending on the economy 
Yeah, he was a, a, a subcontractor for the phone company, the telephone company. And we used to travel from Puerto Rico to Chicago, depending on the, you know, you know how things were financially. Okay. So, but most of the time I did spend in Puerto Rico. So I was there till I graduated in Puerto Rico. And I moved back to Chicago when I was uh, 18 to go to school. And okay. that's it. I, I stayed in Puerto Rico. Uh, I married in Puerto Rico, had my five kids in Puerto Rico. I mean, not in Puerto Rico. I'm sorry, in Chicago. There you go. In Chicago. Um, and, um, yeah, we were there till we moved to to Cleveland, which that's a, an, another crazy story. If you want to share it, we got time. This is this is your episode. You tell well, us whatever I, I, you want us to know. The thing <laughs> is that it has to do with part of, you know, uh, of God's, you know, divine intervention in regards to what God had planned for myself and my mm -hmm. family for the future. Um, you see, I got, God had already had been speaking to us in regards to ministry. Um, and my, my father and my mother-in-law, they had moved to Cleveland from Chicago, and uh, we used to travel a lot from Chicago to visit. And um, God had already had been, you know, my wife and I, we had been working in leadership since we were young. Mm -hmm. um, so one day, uh, God has spoken to us that we needed to leave Chicago. And we were hesitant because I used to have a good job. And, you know, our life was in Chicago. So one day, and we, we call it, we, we compare it to uh, the times of Noah because um, I remember we cleaned the house. The house, everything was nice and done, you know. And it's, it was just raining, but it was nothing out of the, you know, nothing out of the norm. It was just raining. And all of a sudden, we used to live in a basement. All of a sudden... There's just water just shooting out of the toilet oh, and the wow. sewer. Oh, wow. And by the time we realized we had close to four feet, four and a half feet of water in the basement, we lost everything except the clothes that was hanging. And, you know, my wife and I, we, we had all the kids because we used to live in, in the basement of the pastoral house. And... Um, we took the kids to the church because everything was flooded. And my wife and I, we just said, it, it, this is it. It's time. It's time. <laughs> so, we, we, you know, we laugh because we say that uh, because, uh, you know, us not listening to God and, you know, understanding that we had to, you know, move, that because of our father, God flooded Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, then we, we moved to Cleveland, and that's when God started dealing with us, you know, for the things he had in store for us in the future. I'm just going to apologize on your behalf to all of Chicago. So uh, I, I know, right? I'm just going to say I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I've never said it. I'll, I've never I, said it to anybody over it's there. It's okay. I'll say, I'll say it for you. I'll say it for you. <laughs> to all six of my Chicago listeners, I sincerely apologize <laughs> on the behalf of the Rivera family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, Puerto Rico, Chicago— Cleveland. Yes. Okay. So early on in, in your ministry, because there's probably people listening right now who may feel, you know, God is calling me to, to pastor. God is calling me to, to do something. What does, what does, what did that look like for you early on? You know, Eric, 
I have, you know, being honest, you know, you know, God had been dealing with us, you know, in regards to ministry for a long time. As a matter of fact, see, I, I, I was my my view of the view of myself in ministry uh, when it came to the kingdom was more in regards to or in the areas of worship. Mm. I'm a bass player, and music was pretty much one of the things that. I love the most, even though my wife and I, we used to, you know, be leaders when it came to, my wife was the leader of the children's uh, department. You know, I was the leader of the young people, of the young, of the young, of the young, uh, the young kids. And uh, we were always in ministry, but m my view of ministry in the kingdom was, mus you know, worship. I was, I wanted to be a bass player. And I was working hard towards that. That was my goal, you know. Um, but one day, there was these ladies that they God spoke to us through some 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 ladies, and I, I don't remember their names. This happened so many years ago, but I, I I remember exactly. They told me that though God was going to use me in the ministry of music because, you know, God uses us, you know, in every gift, through every gift that he gives us, but that not to get, you know, comfortable with that because, you know, God wanted something else for me, which was, you know, pastoral ministry. And I, I honestly, I was not a happy camper, mm -hmm. you know, because that's, you know, that's not what I wanted. That's, you know, like you envision yourself and you envision even, you know, in church, you envision yourself serving and doing certain things, and but I think where we make the mistakes is that we connect these things to the things that we want to do. That's good. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, if I'm serving in the church, if I'm, you know, I want to be a musician, if I'm serving as a musician, that's what God wants for me hmm. because that's what I like. And it took me, it took me, uh, it took me a while to understand you know, that when it comes to the kingdom, though God gives us gifts, at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's about God's will over our lives and what he wants to do through us in the kingdom. That's right. Yes. So I'll tell you, a, before I go on, I'll tell you a, a funny story about, about your wife. She, one of the first times I met her, she walked up to me and she said, so you, you do, you, Eric, you oversee the outreach of the church here and i said yeah she's like i have an idea for you was it cda was that the the church you guys were previously at? yes sir she said at cda we worked with toys for tots mm -hmm. to do a christmas event yeah. every year every year and she said i would like to bring this here but you know i don't know if i have the capacity to do this event but she said but you do <laughs> and i said that's news to me <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. And I said, okay, let me, let me look into this. Let me look into this. You fast forward from however many years ago that was. It was probably seven years ago at this point. I have wow. no idea how long ago that was at this point. You fast forward to now. We're still doing the event. We're making sure each year, and this is all God's glory, that 500 kids have a Christmas. Yes. But not only that, you see cars lined up here outside of Manor Park. No, no, yeah. Getting prayed over. Yes. People who... who are accepting Jesus. You see people who are looking, who are, who are, who are broken, who are looking for something. And it's not just the presence that we're, we're giving them. We are literally bringing Christ to them. Amen. 
And that was all because of a conversation that she had. So every time I see her, I remind her one of the best things that one of the best things that we put on is all because of your your yes and and your obedience. So I, I thank her for that tremendously. Um, yeah, she's amazing, my wife. Yeah. So it's you know we we've done that event and it's it's just Christmas is my favorite time of year. So I'm also biased. So <laughs> I can't help but notice how the church budget goes way down around know, Christmas right? time. It's my fault. When I was pastoring and my wife, my, my wife, uh, it was the same thing. When when events like that used to come, the budget was. But it was so amazing because right. we were we were able to reach the community in a, in a, in, a, in a different uh, way, you know, and they used to they used to connect. We used to connect with the community in a different way, and they, and we used to see the results. It was amazing. You know, it's not just the toys, right? Like we are we are just exactly. showing you the love of Jesus in a way that you can understand. And exactly. it's like here's this item. How are you doing spiritually? It gives us a chance to just open up the door to have that conversation, whatever that conversation needs to be or, or looks like. So exactly. I am grateful. Amen. I am grateful. Yes. So, so early on in your ministry, and it, it's funny because you said something that, that hit me. It's like this wasn't what you expected. Oh, no. It's not even necessarily what you wanted. And I wasn't happy, Eric. I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I argued with God because I felt that that's what my calling was, but when you become a servant in the kingdom and you understand that God has called you to do something, it's not about what you want, it's right. about what he wants. So, yeah, I struggled a lot. How long did it take God to wrestle that out of you? Eric, it was a while, a while, um, because, yeah, it, and, even even in my when even when I started you know pastoring it was something that I struggled with because it just didn't make sense to me you know um, at the beginning mm -hmm. you know at the beginning because so I can't I can't really say I mean how many years or how long it took me to but I know I know it was it was a while and you know whenever something and this is the funny part whenever something used to go like wrong i'm like is, you see what i'm telling you i was like you see what i'm telling you this is not i mean because you know i used to know and this is the thing i used to like music was everything i used to know music i used to you know for the glory of god because he gave me the gift i was good at it you know and and i i knew but when it came to being a pastor I knew I had the calling, but I knew nothing about being a pastor. Right. Nothing. Um, the funny part is that, and this is how, you know, and I tell, if there's anybody that's going to be listening to this, how God works, because you see, God is so, he, you know, he, he's, he, everything he does is in order, you know, because he sees the future. So I, I was, uh, I was, teaching a leadership class and I was telling them I usually talk to them about my own experience and I was telling them you know there was times that because you know in my in the process of of God building me you know and we'll talk about a little about that you know because we're talking about you know building um I I used to complain to God because I was like you know I feel like I'm ready to do this and you know I remember that my pastor 
used to like tell me it's not time yet. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I will be like, what do you mean it's not time yet? <laughs> you know, I'm ready. And then you will see other people, and, you know, and I know, I know, and the reason I say this is because I know as we all go through that, you know, because we're, we're so anxious to just do something and work. And so anyways, um, it came a point where I, you know, I, I was frustrated. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to be a leader. I'm ready to do this and I'm ready to do that. Why isn't it happening, you know? But then all of a sudden, I was asking God to open the doors, and then when the doors opened, I had too much. <laughs> I became worship leader. I became youth leader. I just became the man, I, man's leader. Uh, and, you know, in those days, they didn't call him men's, uh, you know, like men's pastor or, you know, pastor of the men's uh, group. Or we used to call them, we used to call, you know, just leaders. And but at the end of the day, the only department I never worked was the women's department, obviously. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Even the kids department. And then all of a sudden I'm running, you know, God puts me in front of a church and it, it, it makes sense. It makes sense to me. I'm like, I know how this runs. I, I know how this works because I've done it. And it's just how God, you know. It's just, uh, that's why God is like, I love God so much because of that. It's just like, he knows every, every everything that he puts us in or he allows for us to go through has a purpose in his purpose. It's, a, it's awesome. That's good. That's why, that's why, you know, when it comes to, to process, you know, when it comes to going through a process, you know, I can't say that it's always comfortable and I'm like, you know, but when you get to a point where you understand how God works, you just rest. Listen to me. One of the things that, uh, am I talking too much? No, this is, I'm, <laughs> so there's a reason. So behind your back, I, I have a nickname for you. What? I tell people you are walking wisdom. <laughs> no. So I keep. I usually keep. This is a, one of the rare times that I'm talking that I don't have a notepad in my hand because I know it's recorded. So I'm gonna. <laughs> so. No. Yeah. And and the thing is that it's like when I see Jesus. You know, Jesus is in the boat, and while the storm is going on, he's sleeping. And you know, of course, there's so many different um, things that you can take out of that. But the one thing I've learned. You know, and I preached on that one time. Is that why is Jesus sleeping in the midst of the storm? Hmm. Why that doesn't make any sense. But for us, right? But when you really look at it, you know, because he was talking about faith. He was trying to teach the, you know, he was trying to teach the disciples faith. And the problem with us is that we are, um, we wait. To the storm is there to prepare ourselves. You understand? Whew. We wait for the storm to come to then look for answers, pray, hmm. seek God. But when it comes to uh, that situation where Jesus is in the boat, there's a storm. Jesus is trying to teach him faith because Jesus is in the boat. It's not time to go crazy. It's time to rest. It's actually in the storm that you rest before the storm you prepare. Now I wish I was taking notes. 
I'm looking to see what minute you said that, so I know when to go back. <laughs> no, yeah, and 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 I've learned. It's it's and and, and of course I don't want to I don't want to present myself as being somebody that has it all together, because we still struggle as human beings. But you know, when I I've seen God how He works and how He orchestrates things and how He puts things together. When it came for me to become a, you know, when I had my first pastoral assignment, it made sense. Mm -hmm. Everything, the whole process made sense, at least up to there. You, you just reminded me, you just reminded me, because we're both members of, of New Life Church here oh, in Lakewood, yes, Ohio. And I remember when I first came in the door here, I remember, I don't know, maybe a year into it, I remember telling people, like, I'm ready to preach right now. Like, I'm ready to go mm -hmm. right now. That was the worldly side of me. Just it was a, 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 a and now I would tell you it's a, it was a false confidence. I didn't preach until 10, 11 years later. Wow. Maybe. And if you look at the photo online, there's a picture of me with my hands holding the pulpit, and you think I'm reading something, but I'm not. I'm literally <laughs> up there shaking. I'm trying to stop my right leg from shaking because I was so nervous. I wasn't ready. <laughs> So it's it, it's amazing how God can just say, okay, the door is open. Exactly. It's time to walk through this now. This is what you said. You had 10, 12 years to prepare for this. Exactly. And I wasn't ready. I was terrified. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and the thing is that sometimes we don't allow the process. We don't, we don't allow the process to come to a completion. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's why sometimes we make mistakes. We get ahead of ourselves. If I, you know, if I would have said, well, you know what, I'm going to go to another church and become a leader. Right. I'm going to go to a church where they'll let me be a leader. But I stayed there, and when I became a pastor for the glory of God, it all made sense. That's good. Yes. <laughs> so I, I think I have an, I, an idea of the answer for this, but so when did you know? I guess I, guess I should ask. It was because you knew you had the call in a pastor. So I guess when did you know and when did you accept the call? Because I know you said you were kind of angry um, about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. It took it took some time. Um, I God has sp spoken to us, um, and we we were a part of we were members of of a church, and um, you know our pastor and a lot of the people that were my mentors they they confirmed it hmm. you know so you know God had already had spoken to us uh, so you know it, it just it, it's just something that we knew it was going to happen and um, it was not easy to accept because you know, as it might, the human side, it was, it was not something that I was thinking of doing or that I wanted to do. Um, but obviously, you know, and of course, you know, through the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit works in us. And, you know, it came a time that I understood this is what I need to do. And, and I've always, this is one thing about, that I can at least say about myself, you know, when it comes to understanding God and who we are in the kingdom, it's all about obedience, mm. you know. Um, it's all about, even Jesus, when he was, you know, 
when he was about to be crucified, he finds himself struggling. I mean, if I can say the word struggling, he's, he's telling God, you know, if there, is there any way that we can do this? You, know, you understand what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, he's like, but let it be your will. Let your will be done. I'm not saying that I would like, you know, I'm not comfortable with this, you know, but if this is the way, and, and that's what I have learned. You know, even right now, you know, there's processes that I'm going through in my life that don't make any sense to me. But if, if this is, you know, if this is part of God's process for my life, for whatever purpose or reason that I don't know yet, but I will, I'm down. <laughs> I pray that Garden of Gethsemane prayer more than I want to admit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that we all do. I, I struggle to count it all as joy. It's it's a, we all do, yeah. But it's crazy we relate to Christ in our suffering. If, amen. It's it's crazy, right? Like it's it's like this is it's an it's almost an honor to suffer alongside you. Yes sir. So Yes sir. So yeah, I mean it, it at some point, I mean I can't pinpoint it specifically, but yeah, we we accepted it. We 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 told God whatever you want from us, we'll do. And that's how it went. Okay. So learning so having to go into that acceptance process, obviously you you know you aren't alone. So who who were your influences at the time? And I should probably say positive influences at the time. <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah. I mean, I had a few. I had a few. But when it came to pastoral ministry, <clears throat> my biggest influence was my father and my mom. They and it's it's funny. I was I was thinking about. I went to visit my parents, right, in Puerto Rico. And, you know, when you go visit your parents, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go visit. So, you know, you're, you're thinking they have all this planned out. We're going to spend time together, and, you know, it's going to be awesome, right? So my parents, they, they've been, they, they were in pastoral ministry for 30-something years. I, so I went to Puerto Rico, and my father, my father's idea of a vacation because he was, in, he was in the process of building a church, right? So he's like, he's telling me, we're going to spend a lot of time together. <laughs> so I'm excited, right? <laughs> My father, we're going to spend, we wake up, he wakes me up like, you know, real early in the morning. And when I come to realize, I find myself in the church <laughs> mixing cement because they were putting blocks. I was, but, you know, it, it's funny but it's one of the greatest experiences I've ever had because, you know, my father, he loved God, but he, you know, he loved people. He loved ministry, and it was like his way of teaching me. And all that, at, at that moment, you don't think about it. It's later that it makes, all, everything makes sense. And, yeah, when it comes to my greatest influence because not only was he a great him and my and my, my mom because they're not pastoring anymore at least they're not you know they're not in a pastoral assignment um he was uh an amazing example to me uh and my father and my mom they're old school so um but the, they were i have to say the greater the greatest influencers of my life when it came to ministry, their devotion, they gave themselves 110%, um, their character, um, 
never changed from the get-go, even till this day, you know? And yeah, there, I have to say, and I had, I've had others, but when it came to the, the main influencers, they're the ones. So they carried you through those. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I used to talk to my father when it came to, you know, finding myself in situations that I didn't understand. Cause he had my father pretty much by the time I started pastoring, he had gone through pretty much everything that no matter what I would tell him, he, he knew how to work it out. He had an answer. He had an answer. (laughs) (laughs) He knew. Yeah. So if we fast forward to today, so who's inspiring you and influencing you today? This is going to be funny, but my children, and I don't want to cry. You can cry. I, yeah, my children. It's okay. Um, when I see my children, they inspire me because once, see, when, you, when kids are growing up and you're raising kids, they are, they're doing what you're telling them to do, pretty much, right? So they're pretty much, you know, we're going to church. And why are we going to church? Because that's it, we're going to church. We're going to serve the Lord. My house is going to serve the Lord. Right. But once they grow older, you know, and they have the ability to make their own choices, to see them uh, loving God the way they love God and serving the way they serve it's inspiring to me because you know though though they are my children i see them as ministers you know and they could have been and done whatever they wanted to i you know they could have you know but when i see them in their process of worship i see them you know in the process of teaching and preaching it's inspiring to me because it, it it makes me it makes me feel not about what I have accomplished because I didn't. It's just all God, mm-hmm. you know. All I did was allow God to be the center of our family, and um, the the reason it inspires me is because. You know, it's like it's that thing that motivates you to keep doing what you always did. You understand? Mm-hmm. You have some. You have this. You see them, and you're like, this. You know, God is real. You know, God. What what He wrote in the Word to teach your kids, and and to you know have them learn about Christ. It's real. Mm-hmm. You know. That when they will grow old, they will they will they will remember. So they are, you know. And I, I speak for my wife. They're our great, you know. They're our, our greater. They are the greatest inspiration to, to us. Because now, if I was to die today, Eric, if I was to die today, I know that at least my family, because that's I speak for my family. They're gonna carry the standard, hmm. and they're gonna they're gonna keep they're gonna keep uh, spreading the gospel. 
that's that's to me and you know and of course you know there's other people you know there's there's other people but when it comes to that they're they're my greatest inspiration i've seen your yes play out in their lives every time i talk to them or interact with them so from someone who knows you and your family on a on a personal level i thank you for your yes and your obedience because they they have all been a blessing to to my life at one point or another whether they know it or not whether they know it or not so you kind of just touched on this even answering the question with with your family but how how has being a pastor how have you how has that played out day to day what does that look like day to day for you as a pastor Mm -hmm. I mean, while I was a pastor, um, I mean, when I was, you know, because once a pastor, you're going to be a pastor forever. Right. But while I was in my pastoral assignment, um, I was very hands-on when it came to pastoring. So, you know, and I made a lot of mistakes, you know. But I, I guess that goes to, you can say that about everything, you know, every, everything that you, every, any endeavor or anything that you set, you know, to do, even in the kingdom, um, you make mistakes. And, you know, as a pastor, I devoted myself to the church, to the kingdom. I was so passionate about people, helping people, uh, building the church that I, you know, and it's the truth, I'm, uh, you know, I, I took a lot away from my family. Um, that's why that's why they're they're my heroes because I I don't I'm like only it's only God, you know. And of course I I learned a lot and I, a lot of things changed. But uh, as a pastor, I was just I love people. I was very hands on visiting people's houses, hospitals. Um, what didn't we do? Um, but, but, you know, we used to, we used to love to do it. And, and I, of course, you know, for the people that are, that are going to be listening to us, I, c- I have to say there was times that I wanted to just hang up, hang up the gloves and say, you know, this is it. I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. But then at the end of the day, like we said before, it was not about us. This just wasn't about, you know, this wasn't our thing. This was just God called us to do it. When he, when he says it's done, we're done, you know, um, so yeah, pretty much, I I, I love I love the church, um, you know, working, and and another thing is that I I worked through my twenty three years of pastoral assignment. I worked my secular job too, hmm. so I was never a full time pastor. So, you know, that made that made it challenging too, um, but you know, at the end of the day, I have to you know what I have to say. And this is like that song that says, this is the story I'll tell, you know. This is the story I'll tell. We saw God. We saw God in, in so many in so many ways that we will be here all night talking about it. But, yeah, I mean, that's, I was very, very devoted to 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 pastoral, to my pastoral assignment. My wife and I, we, yeah, we worked very hard. And, you know, we just wanted to do God's will. And 
as you were talking about that, you know, going to the hospitals, visiting people, being being very hands on with in within the ministry. You know, I think of the the messages, phone calls that I get. And one of the things that I always do is I point people back to Jesus so they don't so they don't look at me as if I I have all the answers. If I'm this perfect person. How did you balance all of that? Like as far as you know, managing their expectations of this isn't about me, it's God, but then also staying humble in that process. Oh, no, yeah. Um, and, you know, that's one of the things in the, you know, when I, lear- you know, in the process of learning how to be a pastor, um, that's that's probably some of the things that I could have done better, you know, in the sense of, you know, um, building people more not to depend on you as a pastor but to be dependent more on god you know um but you know like everything else it was a process um you know we taught we taught people as we kept learning how to build you know how to have them stand you know on their own two feet in their christian walk so that they understood you know, this is not about me. This is about you and your relationship with God. Because if I'm not here, you know, if I'm not around, you still you still got to keep moving, you know, moving right. forward in your relationship with God. So, you know, I mean, at the beginning, there was a lot of things that we could have done better, you know. Um, but, you know, as we kept learning and moving forward, you know, we, we, we started specifically working in those areas, you know, getting people connected to the fact that, you know, do I go visit you? Do I go to the hospital? Do I go take you food to your house and things like that? You know, it's not about me. You know, I'm just doing what God called me to do. Right. Uh, and and, I, and we, lear- we learned to put people's focus not on us, but on God. So with that said, then how have you managed to, and I think you just answered this question too. So you're, you're like reading my notes right now, I think. No, you're, don't apologize. This is great. (laughs) So how would you say you've helped deal? How would you say you've like dealt with idols in your life? You know, and cause I have just recently was talking to someone about not letting serving God become an idol also and not letting the ministry take the place that God is supposed to have in your life. How have you worked to to prevent that and deal with that? Yeah, by making mistakes. Hmm. And that's the fact. I mean, there's just, you know, I've had to learn. I went through something like that one time in my life where I put something in my life ahead of God. And, you know, and I learned. I, I learned it. It was a rough time in my life, but I learned you know, uh, to put God first in everything, uh, and everything that I did. Um, and, and the thing with idols is that if you're not careful, they'll sneak up on you like nothing, you know, like by the time you realize blink of an eye. Yeah. Right. Blink of an eye. So, I mean, if I was to give somebody an advice in regards to idols is that, you know, when, when Christ or when God becomes the center of your life, all those things evolve and not evolve, but they, it, it, you know, they work around. It's like, um, 
you know, like God is the center and everything else just works around that. But God is the thing that sustains it all. Mm. So to the point where, you know, you understand that, you know, this is here because of God. Right. That's the only reason I'm breathing right now is because of God. The only reason I can see or I can even, you know, be here with you is because of God. Serving is a privilege that God has given us. You know, it's because of God that we can serve. So it's it's about having that mentality. God is the center. Everything that happens happens because he's the center. Everything, you know, he, he's the center of it all. I mean that's that's my that's the way I I've learned and that's why I've kept myself humble, you know. I've that's one thing and, and it's always it's all about God. I've I've kept myself humble because I understand the only reason I'm here is because of God. The only reason I'm able to do this is because of God. The only reason I was able to accomplish this is because of God. My home is the home that I have, my kids, my wife, everything has to do because God is the center. Uh, you know, my kids, I have them, but my kids, though I love them, I cannot love them more than I love God because, you know, God is the center and everything else is just connected to that. But God is the one that fills and sustains everything else. Wow. Wish I had my note my notebook out right now. <laughs> I ask every guest um, this question. So why do you do what you do and what motivates you to do it? Oh, I mean, it's just when I think when I think about the goodness of God, what he's done for me, it's just nothing else. I do it because if I was to to think about what God has done for me. If I was just to, to try to think about all the things that God has done for me, you know, I do it because I love God because of what he has done for me, for my family, the things that he has done, you know, the things that I've seen him done. And especially like Paul used to say, I mean, I'm not, you know, somebody, How how is it that God, you know, would choose you know somebody like me mm-hmm. um but that's that's pretty much it i mean it's just because of what he's done for me I, there we go yeah that's there we go. that's pretty much it i think god is a pretty good motivation to do something yeah <laughs> that way, I, that's what i do is i mean eric i sit down and you know i just i just start thinking you know about what God has done for me. If any any time and we struggle, if if any struggle will come to my life, where I I would even consider not to serve God, I'm like, it's like taking a fish out of the water. That's how I feel. Mm. It's like if you if I if I was to serve God, if I was to stop serving God, it's like it's like you pull me out of the water, and the thing that sustains me is just not there anymore. I will die. Wow. So I tell my, yeah, I'm like, how, how can I even imagine life without Christ? It's just. You can almost compare it to like a thirst that you can't quench. 
It's the, exactly. Yeah, it's it's just the way it is. So you've been at this for over 20 years, and you saw God start something, and he's still doing it. Yes, sir. And he's going to be faithful to complete it, yes. which brings us to one of the, the other topic that I want to discuss while I had you here was in Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. I wanted you to talk about what it really means, because you've got sermons on this. I'm working on a sermon on this. <laughs> it's in progress about being under construction. Right. And it being a, a lifelong thing. Right. So how I'm going to let you decide. Well, let you take the floor here to, to share whatever is on your heart to share in regards to, to those passages. Um, actually, it's funny. Um, I God gave me a title, for, uh, gave me that title for a message. Right. Under construction. And it's a simple title. You know, under construction is something that we hear a lot. But it's not about the title. It's the reason the reason I thought about it, and I've preached about this verse, but for the glory of God, I preached about this verse many times before. But I was going through something because I realized something about myself that uh, I didn't quite had pinpointed it. You know, it just, it, it, it kept happening. And one day, it happened again, right? Uh, and I realized that I was somebody that was constantly you know that I, w I was always being very I was always hard on myself when it came to pleasing God right it's like you get caught up you know you you love God you know and, and I don't want people to think that I'm this super saint God I'm not that's why I want to say it because you know um you want to please God you know you love God and you just want to do you, you just want to do his will you know but you constantly find things on your life you know, these things that are co constantly holding you back or they don't, you know, where you find yourself that you're letting God down, you know, things about your life, uh, struggles, you know, things, you know, things that. So I remember that I was, I was, uh, I was struggling with something and I was, I was so, so hard on myself because I kept saying, you know, why is it that you're still struggling with this? How come you still, you know, uh, you know, you're letting God down, and the reason I want to share this is because that's how we think, you know. And and we 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 think that you know we see God looking at us and saying, you know, constantly, "Oh, you failed me again," like He's keeping score, you know. Right. Um, so I, I kept, you know, I kept being hard on myself because I figure, you know, like, you know, I've been praying for God to help me with the with this situation in my life. And it, it just doesn't happen. And, you know, Paul in, in the Philippians, and, and this is, you know, I started thinking about that verse because it's one of the verses that I say to myself a lot. You know, I, I have to remind myself uh, that God is in a working, you know, that I'm in a working process, you know. And Paul, you know, Paul is talking to the Philippians, and, you know, Philippians you know, was a church that was founded by him. By him. Right. And they were like, he loved his people because they were like partners. They were like his partners right. uh, in ministry. Not only did they, they used to help him uh, financially, but they were all about spreading the gospel, the, you know, the gospel of grace. And that's why if, when you start reading on chapter one, the way he greets them and the way he speaks to them, you know, 
Um, it's it's all about you know he shows how pleased he is, um, and you know. But you have to understand that when he's talking to them, there's Paul has a concern because Paul finds himself in jail. He's in jail, so he's writing because he knows that they are concerned for him because they don't know if he's you know if he's gonna make it out you know if he's gonna survive uh, they didn't know if he was gonna live or if he was gonna die so Paul so I'm reading this right mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to you know and, and I'm talking about not now this was when I was going through my situation um, I'm reading this and I start thinking about, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about Paul. What is he trying, you know, what is he trying to, you know, what is the message? You know, you got commentaries and there's so many things that you read. Um, and, but I wanted, I wanted this word to be applicable to me, you know, and to those that are listening. Um, so Paul understands that they are worried about him, what's going to happen to him. And Paul immediately is trying to let them know it doesn't matter what happens to me. You don't have to worry about what happens to me because the one that started something in you is not me. Mm. So whether I'm here or not, whatever started in you, though I was a part of it, I'm not the one who started it. It was God who started it in you. And what I loved about this, this, this is that Paul is trying to tell them, see, I, I, you know, if it was me, I would let you down because I'll be gone. Right. But since it wasn't me who started this, it was God. There's something that you can be sure of because if there's one thing about God is that he never gets tired of you. And how many mistakes do we make? I've lost count today. <laughs> right. Just today. Listen, not just you, me too. How many mistakes do we, you know, Jesus doesn't give up. He's always pursuing us. You know, Paul is telling them, you, you need to know who the person that started the work in you, that, you know, that once you receive the Lord as your Savior, the one that made the promise, it's not like us that's going to give up on you that it's going to get tired of you, that it's going to say, you know what, you're never going to change. I'm going to forget you. I'm not going to, you know, because he's not like that, you know. And when I thought it about when it came to me, I was like, it gave me, it gave me a different view of, of where I was at, you know, my mentality. You know, I, I wasn't understanding that, God is doing something in my life. You know, he, he's building me. And, and the, the great thing about that is that in the process of God building us, it's what he uses to show us his glory, mm. you know? So Paul is like, no matter what happens to me, and this is what I tell everybody, listen, this is not about us. You know, it's not who's going to be there at the church, who's not going to be there, because the one that, the one that started this process on our, in our lives, you know, it's God. And, and he, he has all, everything that he needs in his power to deal with whatever situation, circumstances that we have. So Paul is telling them, don't worry about me, you know. 
you are in good hands. And he's going to see it through. And, of course, you know, when it comes to perfection, complete perfection, we're not going to see that because Paul is telling, you know, that's part of what he's saying. You know, the full completion of perfection is not going to come till Christ, you know, till Christ comes again and lifts us up, you know, and take us take us with him to heaven. Um, so, you know, it, it, we're all struggling with something. But God is working on it. And, you know, sometimes I believe that because we are the ones, because we don't surrender everything to God, we slow the process of what he wants to do in our lives. And sometimes we're the ones that are preventing because the way God works is through, you know, through whatever we allow him to do in our lives. We're the ones who tell him yes or no. You know, he doesn't force himself on us. Uh, and sometimes, you know, there are things that haven't changed in our life, not because God doesn't want to change them or because God's not ready to change them. It's because we don't allow him those areas of our lives so that he can work on it. You know, we say, okay, you can work on this, but we don't want you to work on that. Um, so I don't, like right now, I have struggles, and whenever the enemy uses that against me, I tell him, don't worry, God is working on it. Mm. Whenever the enemy is like, you're never going to change. You know what I'm saying? Right. When he, when he, play, he, when he plays those, those mind tricks, you have to declare to him because, listen, yeah, I know. I'm still struggling with this. But God is working on it. And the time is going to come because how many, you know, if I was to say how many things I struggle with that God has perfected in my life. You know, but to know, Eric, you know what it is to know that I don't have to worry because the one that is working on me is never going to stop. It's his desire to perfect me. It's his, that's what he wants. And of course, through the Holy Spirit and through the work of the Holy Spirit, it's happening, it's happening to us. And that's what he wanted to tell, tell them, as, listen, you don't have to worry about it because you know, whatever God is doing with you, it's going to keep going. It's going to keep happening whether I'm here or not because it's, it has nothing to do with me. And, and I, that, you know, that's, that has changed my perspective completely. Now I'm not so hard on myself, you know, because I'm like, you know, if I'm still, you know, if I'm still dealing with this, it's because God has it in the process, you know? And that's, that's how I live my life when it comes to that. It feels like church in here right now. It feels <laughs> like church in here right now. I thought I was running around this room real quick. <laughs> so you said something that I've heard people, you know, I'm just going to ask this question just for anyone who may be struggling with this then. Okay, God, take this. I'm going to surrender this. Mm-hmm. How do you surrender something to God? How would you, what advice would you give to someone to say, I got, I thought I surrendered. I don't know how to surrender this. You know, how, how do you, how would you say, okay, this is how you surrender something to God? Um, well, in my case, when it comes, when it comes to us, we, we, we try, we're people that like to have control of things, you know, 
uh, and when we and when we feel that we don't have control, um, we we become anxious. You know, we become anxious. We become um, worried um, and things like that. And you know, me personally, when it came when it comes to surrendering something to God, is you know, it's not that I'm not gonna do nothing about it. Right. It's just that I'm gonna allow God to work on it, and I'm gonna do my part. You know, uh, I'm gonna do the things that I know are beneficial for whatever circumstance. I'm gonna declare the word. I'm gonna pray. You know, um, I'm gonna make sure that I understand my struggle and find the things that I know are gonna help me. Meditate in God. And bringing it to him and allowing him, you know, we don't have to help God do his thing. He's going to do it. Um, but, you know, there are things that God will not do. And this is what I've learned, that God will not do in the moment, you know, or he doesn't do when we ask him to do it because he wants to take us to a place where we are, where, where we trust him completely. Mm. Um and that's that's the way surrendering is like it's in your hands um you know it's it's you're in charge what is it that you want me to do um uh, so that this can get resolved in my life and at least in my case there are still things in my life that God is still working on and that's the fact you know, but but then at the end of the day, just to know that he's working on it, you know, that he's the one, and to know that if he started it, he's gonna finish it. That's that's the thing. That's why that's what I'm saying. He's starting it, but he's telling us we're gonna. F I'm gonna finish it too, and you know, and there's always gonna be this. As you know, as human beings, there's always gonna be things that we struggle with, but. That's where God does his greatest work, you know, and our weaknesses. That's what, you know, Paul used to say, you know, when I'm weak, I'm strong. Amen. It's be, but it's because that's, those are the things that God uses to show his glory over our lives. Amen. I might get your sermon notes on this. It might save me some time. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> If you want a little bit more background about um, Paul's history with this church, go back and read Acts chapter 16, and that'll give you a lot of the a lot of the history um, about why he opened up a letter the way that he did, because it wasn't his first time there. Right. You know, he, he had been there before, and there's a whole history. There's a whole history there. Yes, so sir. if you're looking to see more about why Paul opened up his letter the way that he did and has such love for these folks, um, check out Acts chapter 16, and you'll you know you'll get the whole the whole backstory of that there. Amen. So I figured I'd contribute something to this conversation. So <laughs> throw a little volley out there, just a little bit, just a little bit. All right. That, that brings me to the final segment of this podcast. I don't believe that this time has flown by this quickly. I could sit here and listen to you talk all day. This is the last segment. This is the let them know segment of the podcast. So this is where I'm turning the floor back over to you. Whatever you want to share with the audience, whatever you want to share with, with our listeners, the floor is yours. Sir, let them know. Um, Eric, 
I believe that we've talked about a couple things here that are so important. Um, surrendering, allowing God to just go into the, the places that sometimes we just don't even want to deal with them ourselves. Uh, surrendering, um, purpose, you know, God is a God of purpose. And, you know, as he, as he connects you with your purpose, there's always going to be a process. Uh, but always allow God to see to always allow God to see the process through, you know, um, never get ahead of God's timing, be, you mm -hmm. know, be patient, wait, allow God to do what he wants to do over your life. And that's another thing, you know, you know, there's going to be times that we we see ourselves doing certain things, but God has a different picture. That's why he says my ways are not your ways. So but good. when it comes to serving God, it's about being obedient. And God is never going to place us or use us in, 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 in something that, you know, it's not going to be for his glory. Because he, he knows us. He created us. He, he already established the plan for our lives. Um, so be patient. And, you know, whatever God called you to do, be obedient. And you're definitely going to see, you know, God's glory. And um, don't don't worry because in the process of whatever God calls you to do, you might find yourself that you're not prepared, and there's going to be times that you're going to make mistakes. But at the end of the day, the one who started it, he's the one that's going to finish it, and he is gonna he's gonna make sure that. You, whoever it is, is gonna see it through. That's why I used to love when he used to tell the disciples, just, uh, just right there, and they didn't understand it. And I understand because we, you know, it, it might not have not made sense. It makes sense for us because we're here now. But just Jesus telling the disciples, "Let's get to the other side." You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but getting to the other side doesn't mean that just because Jesus says we're gonna get to the other side, that doesn't mean we're gonna face storms that. We, but just, just to know that the one that started the work in us said, get to the other side. We're gonna see, you know, we're gonna get to the other side. It's it's the fact is that no matter what comes, we're gonna get to the other side. All we have to do is just trust God. And yeah, I mean, the reason I've made it up to this day, and it, and if I was to be able to say so many things that I have experienced. Um, I'll, I'll, say one, I'll say this. Um, my first pastoral assignment was in Houston, Texas. And we went there to a church that, you know, only had like one family, two families. Um, they were going to close the church down. And, you know, they, they took us to other churches to to go in, in Houston that needed pastors because that one church, nobody wanted to go there uh, because, it, you know, the situation was hard. And, I mean, to make the, a long story short, my wife and I, we went to preach in different places, and when we went to that church, um, my wife and I, we felt the calling to go there. And, you know, that's what I'm saying, you know, it, it, in your in your mind, out of all the churches, 
you know, why why that one? Um, and I honestly can't say I understood myself because as a human being, I didn't I didn't I didn't really understand it. But when we started pastoring that church, I remember we used to. The only way we could sustain the church was by wa uh, washing cars. You know, there was no finances. Um, we had to wash cars, but all of a sudden, you know, there 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 were things that started happening. God started doing so so many amazing things that we never thought could happen. Mm. You know, people started coming. We had. Our first, we had no musicians. I used to play guitar, and Papote, I, my son, I, I taught him how to play this thing on the drums. And our first, uh, our first sound system was a karaoke machine. Oh wow! That's all we had. All of a sudden, and, and this is just, you know, this is so that you can understand when you trust God and 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 you decide to allow God to, you know, to just allow God to do His thing. You know, we started getting musicians. We started getting sound system, finances. What, you know, incredible, you know? And we saw God. And, 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 that's, and that will be the thing that, you know, trust God. He's a, he, you're, you're in the process you don't have to worry because he's the one that has you in the process. He's not going to fail you. He's, gonna go, he's not going to let you go. Just trust God, and, and you're going to see his glory. I mean, that's, that's my testimony. Let God be God and get out of the way. Exactly. Yeah, let him, let him be God. But you have to allow, you have to say yes, yes. You have to trust him. And and he'll do his thing. He will not. I. He has never. I was one year, five kids, a house payment, one year, without work. If you were to ask me, how did that happen? And I know many people have testimonies like this, but that only happens when you allow God. When you you know. When you understand that the one that has a hold of you is God. That's what Paul was saying to telling the church. You have nothing to worry about it. You're in good hands. <laughs> no matter what, whatever was started here is going to come to a completion. And it's going to be perfect because if God is doing it, it's going to be perfect. Amen. That's good. Amen. I want to thank you so much for even doing this today. I cannot tell you, I don't have enough time to tell you the love that I have for you and what you've meant to me and in my life and in my walk. So thank you for being a brother, a friend, a father, a mentor, a constant source of encouragement. I thank you for, I, I just thank you. Thank Amen. you. I thank you for allowing me and I pray that whoever hears this, um, and I'm going to be praying that whoever hears this, that this will be uh, words of encouragement and that this will help them in whatever uh, call.
calling they have over their life or whatever they're going through. So that's my prayer for everybody that's going to be listening. Thank you. I think it's only right that you close us out in prayer. Amen. I think it's only, only fair. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for this opportunity that you have given us uh, just to chat a little bit of the things because we uh, of the things that you have done over our lives. Father, you are so amazing. And we thank you because you have provided us with these ways of being able to reach those that are not in the room. And Father God, we thank you because we know that through this, many lives are going to be touched. Many lives yes. are going to receive a message in the moment, Father, that is going to transform their life, their way of thinking. Father, I know that through this word, Father God, there are many that were hesitating and trusting you in whatever calling over their lives. But Father God, let them understand uh, again, Father, that if you call them, Father God, you're the one who's going to see it through and they have nothing to worry about. Father God, I pray that you will touch the lives of those that are listening, that are going to be listening to this, Father God, uh, and, and that you may help them understand that God is, God is working in their lives, that whatever struggles, whatever things uh, they're dealing with, that there's a, there's a process of perfection that God has started through the Holy Spirit and that they can be confident that you're going to see it through. Father, I thank you for this young man and for his ministry and everything that you're doing through him, that you may keep blessing him, Father God, and you may keep using him so that many people may hear the gospel and come to know you through him, Father God. Thank you again. And, Father, we pray that everybody that's hearing this, Father, uh, will have... Uh, a transforming moment in their lives in the name of Jesus. I thank you and I ask for these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Sir, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We got to get you back on here. Amen. I mean, I, I, any any time uh, w it will be it will be a blessing. Don't say that. I have you on here every week. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today for the Rooted in Christ podcast. Um, you can check this podcast out on all podcast platforms. We appreciate everyone who's tuned in and listening. Everybody have a blessed day. Sir, thank you once again. Thank you.